Hello, hello, hello. Gather round, gather round. My name is Cameron Sinclair Harris, and welcome to episode four of the Feel Good Album Club, the podcast where creative people of all kinds talk to me about their comfort albums, an album that makes them feel good, hence the title. I hope you enjoyed your half-term break. I hope you enjoyed your seven days without a weekly Feel Good Album Club episode. I did because I stacked up a couple more episodes to be released, and holy shit, this is a good one. Like, (sighs) today, this week, I talked to Chloe Glover, Manchester's finest singer-songwriter, about Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs a fantastic album and it was a fantastic conversation I had with Chloe. It was great to speak to her again after so many years and yeah you've got a fantastic episode today that's all I can say without properly gushing about it like it's a good one. It's a fucking good one folks. Strap yourselves in. Um, before Before we go in though I would like to say that if you're familiar with the album then you can probably take a guess at the topics and themes we'll be discussing on the podcast. So a bit of a content warning for you. Um, We're going to be discussing mental health, depression, panic attacks, suicide. Yeah, if that's a trigger for anyone, then I just want to let you know beforehand So without further ado, I'll be back to talk to you at the end. But for now, enjoy episode four of the Feel Good Album Club with Chloe Glover discussing Brave Faces, everyone. Bye-bye. And we have literally just met. Um, this is Chloe Glover. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> not bad, not bad at all. We have not just had this conversation. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the pre-recording small talk has already been done, but we can do it again for the purposes of the podcast. Oh yeah, everything can be repeated <laughs> if you try hard enough. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Chloe Glover is, um, Chloe Glover, would you uh, like give a quick like sales pitch as to oh god that's stressful isn't it um <laughs> yeah no um, pressure I'm a... no god no I'm feeling the pressure now um I'm a, I'm a singer-songwriter um I when gigs weren't illegal I did that a lot um I, I I write songs and I jump around on stage like a mad person um playing those songs and um 
singing lots of things about mental health and, and romance and the heartbreak and getting pissed with your friends. Um, that's kind of what I do and I really love it. And I just miss gigs so much. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've started to book a couple of things for summer, like tentatively um booked a gig for the 23rd of june in manchester and i'm just Ooh. like oh, please go ahead please go ahead nice um yeah you released an ep last year on march of 2020 like the, yeah. like such unfortunate timing to yeah. like start doing things and you had a launch which i was going to go to but <laughs> We all know how yeah. things turned I mean, everyone out. Everyone said that now. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I was definitely going to be there." <laughs> Say that now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the the gig was meant to be on the Friday. So the the EP was released on Friday the twentieth of March, and we went into lockdown. Um, I think it was on the twenty third, but by that point, like gigs had been cancelled and, and things like that. So timing was really bad. I ended up doing like a launch um, live stream on Facebook, mm. which was really fun. Um, and then I stayed up all night by myself drinking whiskey till midnight so that I could watch my first ever EP at Spotify because I'm a loser and I thought it'd be really cool. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of underrated just seeing your own music come up on Spotify. You get like that, it goes eventually, the satisfaction of it, but when it, it's just like a flash of serotonin that just like... Oh my God. I, I, I just, it might have been the whiskey talking, but I remember just being like, that's, that's me, I did some things and now they're on the internet for people to listen to and it's really exciting. Um, just very overwhelmed and excited by it all. And to be honest, like, because I've not had the chance to gig with it, like the launch kind of had a few gigs booked afterwards, which I was generously calling a tour. Um, and all that obviously has got cancelled. So it still is a novelty because I haven't been able to tour with it and I've not been able to see people at shows and be like mm. oh you can listen to it on Spotify if you want to I haven't had that chance because of the world being on fire um so so yeah it's still definitely a novelty <laughs> yeah you can't really do the actual like as a musician like half of your actual job is gone like mm -hmm. it's you're just stuck in a studio trying to churn out music but you can't really make that sustainable unless you're like mega massive like Ed Sheeran or something but you... Yeah, and I think also for me, I, I know this is the case for me, and I think a lot of my fellow singer-songwriters, I don't know if you've been in this position as well, where you just it, writing is just really, really hard. Like, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to get inspired by when there is, like, I'm not doing anything, and all I can write is really depressing stuff like mental health, which mm. most of my stuff is anyway, but it's just so little happening. <laughs> be a million pandemic songs coming out and after this, and it's like, which you've got to try hard to make yours stand out and it's not really worth the effort like yeah. at the end of the day that's that's that was my experience anyway um yeah god I mean I just didn't want to write something cliche about being stuck in the house like I just didn't want to go that road and I, I know that lots of people have and that's great and I'm enjoying what people are putting out yeah um but every time I was writing my own stuff I was like oh it's so like done and it's done by people better than me that know what they're doing with it and I, I just feel like I'm just doing worse versions of other people's stuff so I yeah. was just like I'll just wait for inspiration to strike which took about seven months post first lockdown for me to get inspired again but I'm getting there I know that feeling um again you're going to play the Manchester Punk Festival as well but yeah and that's now happening in 2022 
and mm-hmm. that's that's been on my bucket list for a while and I really hope you're on the lineup. MPF is the greatest festival in the whole world <laughs> um, because it's just like I love Manchester so much and I love this scene and because it's it's one of those city festivals where it's just like taking over loads and loads of pubs and bars for like three days it's just tons of punks running around Manchester just pissed and screaming punk songs and hugging each other and it's just the most beautiful thing ever but ever since I heard about MPF I've been trying to get on that lineup and then the first year that I got booked to be on the lineup uh it got cancelled so I felt like that was pretty apt but very gutting yeah And I think it's my age talking, but I'm starting to prefer the city festivals to the one to the camping ones, like because they're just so convenient and like you don't have to. They're, they're very good, like just for that purpose. You can purpose. sleep in the bed at the end of the day, and then you can wake up in the morning and have a shower before you hit the streets again, and no one is like covered in filth. Like I. Like Camping festivals have their place and I do love them, but like yeah. there is something really nice about just being able to have a shower. <laughs> yeah, I, ca- I can't wait to like get back to like the proper festivals because like they're kind of, you, you can kind of forget about your civility at those. But... Especially when it's festivals where like you don't get any phone signal. Like I know yeah. that when I've been to Thousand Trees in the past, I don't get any phone signal there. So I completely I just use my phone as like a camera and I just completely switch off apart from checking the Wi-Fi every now and again when I get onto the main stage. But it's so freeing just to be like unplugged from everything, I guess. Yeah. And I am like, however long they'll be, if they come back, if because God knows we can't trust the government to do anything. Um if if they come back this year, then I cannot wait. Um, but I'm 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 I I I'm trying hard to hold on to the optimism, but yeah, I know what you mean. But it's it's difficult when like every we've we've been trying to be optimistic about everything. You know, it started like we're just gonna have two week lockdown, and we were all like we're gonna get through this together. And now we're like a year on, and it's like there is no optimism left. There is only lockdown and delivery no. and sadness. It's just uh, been <laughs> crushed out of all of us. Yeah, it's shit in it. But we, we you know it's it's a real testament I think to. I'm trying to be more positive about stuff. And I think yeah, all of us having survived this is is like an amazing achievement, especially people that yeah. have mental health stuff going on, like everybody I know. Um, and I think we've all done really well to like just cope and survive and be there for each other. So yeah, yeah, it's really fantastic at the end of the day, how, again, like you said, despite like the constant struggle of just being alive right now we've all just had each other's backs in a way and mm-hmm. there's something kind of beautiful about that like there's a juxtaposition between the beauty of that and which came out of something truly tragic mm-hmm. and you kind of feel a little bit like not selfish but just like i like we came out of this but at what cost yeah yeah exactly and you know, it's, what we've been through is is just horrific and the amount of people that have died, it's just the, the most horrendous thing ever. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of going to go through a real, like after it's over, if, if we ever get to the point where it is sort of over, so to speak, mm. we're going to go through a period of being like, what the hell? Like, what have we just lived through? Like, what, what on earth was that? And I, I think 
yeah, it's fucking awful. But I'm so like, it's really shown me like I'm a lot stronger than I ever thought I was. And yeah. like, I, I I got very, very ill last spring with everything with lockdown and stuff. I got really, um, just had a really bad time. Um, and the support that I had from my friends was just amazing. And I just, I just, I feel very lucky in that respect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really, really cool. Um, it's just amazing that we got through this. Um, similarly, like I, last year was, well, the year before that was awful for me. And basically being in lockdown was an almost attempt at trying to get that fixed. But, mm. and I wouldn't have got through that without people I know. And I come out of the other side just feeling so much better for it. And I'm glad that, I'm, I'm so glad that we've actually, we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm really glad to hear you're doing better. And I'm really proud of you. Like getting through that stuff is done. I know that might sound a bit sort of, um, I don't know, like a bit surface, whatever, but like having been there as well, like I, it's, it's so not easy to pull yourself out of that. And especially if your coping mechanisms, if they're anything like mine, mainly involve going outside and being with people. Oh God, um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> having all that taken away, I was like, oh shit, can't do this. Um, so yeah, to get through that is, is amazing, especially if you had a really horrible 2019 as well. So yeah, good for you, man, that's great. Thank you very much. And yeah, all back to you as well. Um, same sentiments. <laughs> Um, with all this chat, I think it's now a very good time to segue on to the album that you have chosen because it is a very related album to the stuff I've been talking about. So introduce your feel good album, Chloe. Go oh, God, I just oh, I shouldn't have chosen this album because I have so many things to say because I just love it so much. But my feel good album is Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs. Yeah brilliant album um yeah you've got a lot to say about it so it's going to be a good episode um <laughs> i feel like now i've said that my brain's gonna just like die on me and i'm gonna be like i don't have any words it's just <laughs> the best album ever um and i told a couple of friends i was doing this podcast and uh, my friend adam and i got into a bit of a heated debate about whether this is better album than schmaltz which was the 2018 love songs album um and uh, it's it's just I've been re-listening to this album a lot because knowing I was going to come on this podcast and stuff and it's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's one of those albums that you can only really describe with, like, really heated superlatives mm -hmm. and very bright, very loud adjectives. Um, I mean, there's there's yeah. a handful of albums that I, I know of and I don't, I use this term very sparingly and I call these albums masterpieces. Like there's only i'm obsessed with music i listen to music from the minute i wake up to the minute i go to bed it's it's just how i live my life um, and there was like five or six albums that i think are just utter masterpieces and this is one of them nice yeah i i on, on retrospect i think i kind of ranked it a bit too low on my best of 2020 list i think it was like 29 or something um, out of how many I my I, I ended up making a top fifty in the end, and I think I listened to about two hundred albums last year. Um, so twenty nine out two hundred isn't bad, but it's like I think it could have been a bit higher because I've been listening to it a lot. It's <laughs> um, yeah. What's your history of the album? Like, obviously, you, yeah, you mentioned Schmaltz for twenty eighteen album mm -hmm. they did. Um, so like, what like. And it coincided with the, like, was it released in February, I think, this album? I think so. 
I'm not sure. It was near when they went on tour with the Menzingers. I saw them at the Albert Hall in Manchester, um, which was amazing um, because I'm a, I'm a diehard Menzingers fan as well. So mm. that show was me and the person that is now my housemate. We went to see Carly Rae Jepsen on the Friday night. Nice. And then Menzingers and Spanish Love Songs on the Saturday night. Ooh. And then it was back when there was really bad storms in the UK and they couldn't fly over to, I think it was they were going to Ireland or something, but they couldn't get over there because of the weather. Um, so they announced Spanish Love Songs were going to be doing like a, a basement show at this venue called Yes in Manchester. And I didn't go because I was super exhausted from two nights in a row at like quite big gigs. I go to like a lot of quite small like basement shows. So to do like Victoria Warehouse and then to go to Albert Hall was mm. two like quite intense experiences. And I was broke and hung over and I was just like, I need to sleep, I've got work on Monday. And if I'd known that we were going to have COVID and that all gigs were not going to be a thing, I definitely would have gone to see them. And I kick myself so much for not going to that show because I bet it was, well, I'm told it was amazing. Yeah. All the friends that went and gloat and it's horrible. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry, that was a tangent, wasn't it? You were asking me about my history with the album. Oh, no, that's fine. We welcome tangents here. <laughs> I do that a lot. Um, yeah, so I was never like a really big Spanish Love Songs fan. Like, I didn't really, when Schmaltz was released, they weren't even on my radar. Like, I just, it no. wasn't, my, my ex was really into them and, and they were telling me about this band and I listened to a couple of tracks. It just didn't really click with me that much. And I don't understand why, because now I go back and listen to Schmaltz and think the album is so good. Like, why, why did past Chloe not appreciate how good it is? So it's only with Brave Faces, everyone, that I became a proper fan, should we say? Like, yeah. I, I didn't mind what they did, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you any songs, whatever. And then it was when Brave Faces, everyone got released. I sat down and listened to it and I did. I'm trying to do more mindful listening. So listening to albums from beginning to end with no interruptions with my headphones on and some candles lit and just focusing on the album. Hmm. And I sat down and I was listening to it and I was like, oh boy. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is going to be a roller coaster. I was like, I'm having, I'm having feelings. Um, so yeah, so it was, this was the album that kind of got me in Spanish Love Songs. And then now I've been backtracking and going through all their older stuff as well. Um, I just think it's it's so superb and even though I'm ashamed that I wasn't a big Spanish Love Songs fan before that I do think that Brave Faces everyone is a fantastic way of getting into the band yeah yeah there's nothing worse than like only just getting into a band like ignoring like the material released before that and then just getting straight in with the newer stuff because like there are some people who think like oh you're not a proper fan then and a they're wrong and b like it you've missed all like seeing them in small venues like close <laughs> to where you live like there's been so many bands like an artist with like that with me i've lost yeah. count so that is a very relatable story there isn't it but there i i hate the whole like oh well if you weren't there since day one then you weren't a real then you're not a real fan it's, it's such a prevalent like issue mm. in the punk community of people being like well then you're not a real fan and if you didn't go to this basement show yeah. in 2007 then you just you can't even call yourself a fan it's like if you like their music then you, then you're a fan like yeah you have to Should be... stop gatekeeping this shit it's so it's so bullshit and i hate it yeah i couldn't put that better myself like it's just <laughs> so obnoxious and just, yeah, if you like music, then you're a fan. No questions asked, no gatekeeping, just piss off. Um, 
frustrates me so much because I just think if if they're a band that you like, you should be glad that other people are getting into them and giving yeah. that band the recognition that they deserve. Not saying, well, I'm a better fan than you because like I I can't imagine a situation where a band would be like, thank you for being a better fan than this person. <laughs> I, it's just it's a non-thing that fans yeah. just have made up to keep other people out of the community and it's bullshit because the fan community is amazing and we should all be oh yeah anyway i'll stop rambling about it now but it just it just winds me up <laughs> yeah it's fucking awful um yeah, yeah i again I, I didn't really know spanish love songs pre brave faces everyone um and yeah, I got around listening listening to it. I thought, my God, they've just like they've stolen my life and put it in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Dylan Slocum, if you're listening to this, that's not true. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, one of those albums that just absolutely hits you, and you, you you're just so caught on every single track and. Yeah, it's absolutely one of the best albums released last year. And then I went and listened to Schmaltz, and it is great. And I will absolutely be seeing them when they come back to the UK. Um, please come back to the UK, Spanish love songs. Please. <laughs> uh, well, I, I will be. I will be there with you at the barrier. We'll have nice. a bundle. Oh god. But like, yeah. I just well, like with the pandemic and stuff, it just summed up like so many lyrics within the album. Like, if we weren't bailed out by our parents every time, we'd be dead. For an example. And there's so many people that had to like go back home to their folks, whatever. And there's, you know, all these lyrics that I'm just like, it's almost like they knew that we would need this kind of like seminal piece of piece of music to kind of, I don't know, like lean on, I guess. And it's mm. I was giving it a lot of thought because this is obviously this podcast is the Feel Good Album Club. And I don't know if I'd necessarily say that this album makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that's. But it's, yeah, what you take from it, I guess, is that it's the shared salt light solidarity of that everyone is in this boat together. But... Exactly, and I listen to that and think, oh, thank God that these weeks, like, especially as I say, when I was very ill last year, I went through a big thing of, I'm, I'm very broken, my head isn't working, and I'm the only person that feels like this, and this is really fucking scary. Uh, and just hearing pieces of music like that, where you think, obviously the people writing it know what know what that feels like because they wrote it but also that you've got hundreds of other fans connecting over this same thing and it's it's an incredibly reassuring feeling when you don't think that reassurance is something that's um available at that time like you know so yeah it's i'm gonna try and not just cringe my life away with this but i i just yeah really got me through a lot of shit last year yeah that's really really such a brilliant way of putting it yeah <laughs> kind of lost the words um yes <laughs> this is fantastic um so i suppose the, na- the next natural step is to dissect this piece track by track <laughs> so track one <laughs> routine pain yeah it's just so one of the things i really love about this album as well is that it, it's not like it took me ages to learn the individual track names, even though I could sing you everything. I know every lyric, mm. um, but it all rolls into one another. There's not individual songs. Like when you listen to the album, it plays as one, like there's no gap between the songs. Yeah. And I love the way that in, in Routine Pain, when it starts with just like that, like almost like feedbacky, yeah. like are we kind of just- Kind of bit. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> Great impression. 
Oh, I loved it. And it was feedback. <laughs> um, but I think like what a way to kind of be able, like bring you into what is going to be, you know, 45 minutes or however long the album is just like a brilliant, like just a way to kind of like ease you in rather than it just being like a big shouty intro where it smacks you in the face. It, it slowly brings you in. And I just think, I don't know if that was like stylistically intended, but I think it works really well as an, as an intro song. Oh God. Yeah. Like it just brings you in like the feedback is kind of like an inviting sense of, I'm trying to think of a good word. <laughs> My English lit brain is failing me. Um, just, <laughs> and that opening lyric on any given day, I'm a six of 10. Um, yeah. A great, like, such a fantastic line to open that album uh, that hashtag relatable and b that's a scott hutchison quote is it really yeah yeah they quoted what? it from scott hutchison when did when did scott say that um it was a reference to scott's final interview before he died um he said on a day-to-day basis i'm a solid six of ten i don't <laughs> know how often i can cope i can hope for much more than that Oh, oh. God. <laughs> so I was gonna, I was gonna talk, I, I messaged you about this. I, I was torn between doing Brave Faces Everyone or talking about Midnight Organ Fight. Yeah. Uh, I was like, but I cannot talk about Midnight Organ Fight for a substantial amount of time without just crying. And <laughs> yeah. A random person just crying. So um, that's why I opted for this. And we were, we were already talking about Scott and it's like the first song. Damn it. Talk about a completely different album. <laughs> Right, Modern Leper, let's go. Um, oh, God. So, back to um, Routine Pain. Yeah, yeah, it's... And then it just, like... It's, it's... It's really hard to talk about because it it's just one of those 10 out of 10 tracks. Like, ironically, for a 6 of 10 opening <laughs> lyric, it's a 10 of 10 for me. I also feel like with this album, a lot of the songs, like, kind of merge into one another. Yeah. Like... I have a lot of respect for albums where all the songs are super different. Um, but this, like, I get lyrics mixed up between which song is which because I just think, like, they're all so similar. But I think it works really well because you have this this total piece. And I think, unlike when you get songs on playlists, whatever, like, this is an album to listen to as a full album, like, from beginning to yeah. end. Yeah, um, it's hard to isolate each track within, like, say if you put it on shuffle it wouldn't work say if you put like just one song on a playlist you just immediately feel compelled to listen to them all again because like like you said they transition into each other and thematically they're linked as well so it just really really works well as an album and this is like the best kind of prologue for it yeah exactly and i just think um yeah as soon as you kind of hear that and like dylan's voice is so um unique um, and I, I, I don't know if you've heard that they've been doing covers on Patreon recent, uh, recently. Oh, I haven't. So Spanish Love Songs have covered Photograph by Nickelback. Nice. And it's genuinely amazing, but it works because Dylan's voice is so, like, he could sing anything, and I'd be like, that's Dylan from Spanish Love Songs. Yeah. Immediately. Very distinctive um, voice. 100%. So I think when that comes in with any given day and the six of ten, you just like, that's you just hit by that it. It's so certainly great. a Spanish love song. Yeah, 100%. So, yes, such a good song. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think lyrically, this might be one of my favourite songs on the album. It might be my favourite song on the album, lyrically. Um, 
it, like I said earlier, when I heard it, I was like, God, have they nicked, have they nicked these lyrics from my life? And it feels like they've just reached down into my inner subconscious from the bad year and just put it into words. And I was, I was honestly floored when I heard it. I was like, God, you've got me. You've got me, man. 100%. It's got the lyric in as well with these past four months I've been so angry. I'm not all right. Could you please come look right through me and, and try to give a reason why? And I remember, like, I have a lot of anger about the way that the pandemic's been hell, like, um, the way that it's been managed by this um, government and uh, just how it's all, like, the death toll. And I was so angry and I didn't know. I remember having a really bad anger when they said you can have, like, a nanny or a cleaner around to your house, but you can't have someone around that you need. And I... Jesus. I, Jesus. Uh, yeah, that was a thing that they went on the news and said. Like, I, I completely forgot about that. that <laughs> Just shows sad. how... I hadn't can... seen anybody apart from, like, strangers in Tesco for, like, 11 and a half weeks at that point. And I was completely losing my grip on, on everything. And I was just so angry. And I remember, like, just not having anywhere, anywhere to put this anger um, or anything. And I... I didn't necessarily want to listen to just like lots of angry screaming metal, although I did do that um, because I was like, I just need someone to tell me that I'm not going crazy and that this this kind of lingering sense of just like, fuck this and not just with the government, but with the people who, you know, were anti-maskers and, and hmm. stuff with Black Lives Matter that happened and all these horrible things that happened last year, just being angry. And I'm not an angry person. So I was like, I don't uh, and yeah just again seeing that lyric just well hearing that lyric I was just like it's again like I said earlier you know that feeling it's, it's not just me like people other people have been angry for months as well and it's not just me mm. yeah. So, yeah and then you get that anthemic chorus let me ruin my guts tonight and yeah. you just start drowning yourself in alcohol all over again and yeah. as a way it's to cope with the anger the frustration <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think for a lot of people, music is a really big outlet, isn't it? Mm. Whether it's to write it or, or play it or to listen to it or to go to gigs, whatever, like, and not having gigs to go to where I can throw myself into a mosh pit and deal with my life oh, stress. Yeah. Um, Because that's, a lot, that's a, how I deal with a lot of stress. I go to a shit ton of gigs and it's great. Yeah, um, I miss that. Like, it was just it was an incredibly therapeutic way of dealing with things for me just going to like big gigs small gigs just throwing myself in and it like i'm sure you'll agree being gone being gone from our lives is just like appalling i remember having a really awful week in november of 2019 where just my whole life just sort of changed and it was just a bad week and it was on the friday evening of that week that i had tickets to go and see pup um mm. and it was like better than therapy <laughs> I was like I need to get my head into a mosh pit and just lose my mind for a bit and when I emerged just like sweating and disgusting and full of other people's beer that had been thrown on me I was like I feel like a lot has been lifted off me now and it, yeah. yeah so yeah it's fantastic yeah. the healing power that music gives you um and so we go from that chorus into the ending the like am i gonna be this down forever yeah and like how much lower we can go and then the segue I, I, like 
it's a cyclical record and I think that's probably the best transition on the album as it just like the, the song's finished fading out but no it's not fading out it's starting again and then we get track two self-destruction is a sensible career choice that was a very yeah. rambly way of putting it but no I totally get what you mean because you just think oh god that song was great and then it's like oh and we're back we're back yeah it doesn't let you um let you kind of stop and have that break and I'm just like that's what I need I need to be pulled through this album as as it, and I'm, I'm gonna keep going back to the fact that it, it it just works so well as an album but to be pulled through it rather than I don't feel like I can dip in and out of this album no I don't no. put on a song on this album that wasn't routine pain and then let the whole thing play through I don't yeah. think I've ever just I really fancy listening to Beachfront Property today like that's just <laughs> not a thing that I've ever thought a famous single um <laughs> and yeah lyrically it's fantastic the chorus i think perfectly blends the sarcasm and sincerity of the it's like the call and response it won't bleak, be this bleak forever yeah right and then immediately goes to and i hope you're right and yeah and i also think it's really well when you've got um am i going to be this down forever am i going to be this dumb forever and then it goes into the next song which is yeah this song, forever it won't be this bleak forever and it's just like there's this kind of i, I didn't even notice that <laughs> It's like how you know in like a in like a musical you have certain like lines and riffs that, that keep coming back throughout all the yeah. different songs with this whole like this concept of feeling like this forever and this is going to be forever. I know that again to talk about the pandemic, but this was such a pandemic anthem for me. Hmm. Um, you know, thinking when it, it went from two week lockdown to then suddenly it extended and then it was more and more and then everything started getting cancelled like way later in the year and it was like fucking hell we're going to be in this forever. And I just, yeah, but yeah, you, so this whole concept of like feeling like everything's going to be shit for the rest of your life is, is really like explored very cleverly on this album, I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's like it flows through every single track. Um, mm -hmm. Like, again, the line thinking someday I just need a miracle, need about 30 goddamn miracles. You yeah. know that feeling. Um, <laughs> they do this so well um again you said it's such a distinctive sound as well you could compare it to any like kind of like pop punk emo band like mon baseball or pup of wonder years but at the same time they sound so unique and they've got their own voice all the time and i do see that but i i don't know maybe it's because i'm such massive fans of both fan club songs and inventing is that i I, I think they're so different but they they have a lot of similarities but they're so fundamentally different um but yeah just <laughs> I, I feel that just sigh that's for yeah. that's that, that's the default response to this album for me <laughs> just a knowing sigh mm -hmm. um speaking of sighs um track three generation loss generation loss um I I now get into the point where you know how I said that I like get all the songs mixed up between one another even though I yeah. know every song. <laughs> um, all right, okay, yeah. So again, just to go, I think they're so good at opening lines. But your twenty nine year panic attack, like Ooh. how good is that? Like your twenty nine year panic attack. You're not the fashionable kind, the kind where you wake up and say, "Man, I just want to survive." Like 
I, I have panic disorder, a panic attacks is something that I deal with a fucking lot of the time and it's grim. Mm. And just describing like life is just this one long panic attack is just fucking poetry. Like I just think it's really, really clever. Yeah. Yeah, it's spellbinding stuff and yeah, quite relatable. Um it's and like, I also think with this song is that sorry, um sorry. they go so like I'm gonna I'm gonna draw back to Scott Hutchison again actually. Um so a lot of people kind of talked about after Scott died saying that we always say, you know, you need to talk about mental health, you need to talk about these things. Scott talked about it so bluntly. Yeah. Like lyrics like I'll save suicide for another day like you know yeah, he couldn't was... be more blunt and then obviously the worst happened and it was it was awful um and uh just in in this song there's it's not metaphorical like the chorus we're so fucking tired of explaining ourselves we throw a pill down our throats or ourselves into the ocean like there's it's not drenched in poetry and metaphors and all these lines it's it's very in your face and I think that's brave like I think it's really brave to go on a record and say all me and my friends are really dad and we think about killing ourselves like I think it's yeah. so so important to to have that conversation but it's fucking hard to do it and I think you could you could do it in a poetic way but I think this is more impactful oh yeah yeah like most of the conversations around artists like this, like they, they, don't, they, they don't really hide it in metaphor or like ambiguity. Like mm. it's, it's talked about, it's very explicit throughout the lyrics. And yeah, um, it's quite amazing how they managed to like display and like present this feeling and, oh God. <laughs> I know it's, it's it's yeah it's brave it's really really brave yeah and I like that that throughout a lot of this album there's no bullshit which again I think if we're talking about again what we talked about earlier about like gate in this community you know I'm a bigger fan than you because I I know all this trivia and I've done all this stuff and blah 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 what I like about it is there's not well, I mean, there might obviously be hundreds of hidden meanings, I don't know, but I mean, it, a lot of it is very accessible. Like, you know what what's being discussed and it's not, you know, really kind of um, intensely complicated. It's like really, really blunt. And I think that's, I think that's really good because it makes it accessible for, for so many people to listen to it and to really get their teeth into it, um, which I just think is great. Yeah, it, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be coming back to this, like the themes of this on like different tracks, but like yeah. the way they knuckle down and talk about like the deep rooted anxieties placed upon a generation mm. who, who are refute, like who are kind of like treated with disdain and like nonchalance by their older peers. Like it's a world that doesn't really look, look that kindly upon under 30s. And yeah like that with the way they managed to convey that frustration in the court like we're just so fucking tired of explaining ourselves half our friends are dead the other half are depressed it's they get they managed to nail that anxiety in this album not just in this track we'll get we'll get on to more of this but like yeah. it's and I just, one of the reasons why i think it's such a comfort album to me because i i just i feel like i can really 
like it, it's it's voicing a lot of things that I I'm not able to voice and like I write yeah. about mental health and I sometimes think oh my god that's way too depressing and I can't say that and I can't do that and if I write that song then someone's gonna have me fucking sectioned you know but Spanish love songs come out and they say actually you can you can be that fucking yeah. blunt you can say these things and we can have this conversation in a very black and white way um, and then tying it in with the best music I've ever heard and um, I just yeah I just think it's 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 really it's it's brave mm. it's yeah fantastic um yeah and then we go on to track four kick again right with the bluntness and again with the opening lyrics when you saw your <laughs> for the first time it must have come as quite a shock what the yeah. hell oh it's so intense. straight but they're not fucking about they're not taking any prisoners messing about with that it's just like th- that is a real I mean aptly I suppose because the song is called kick but that lyric is like a kick in the face it's like wow yeah. okay um that's we're going we're having that conversation now cool right yes I would have said it goes straight from naught to 100 but it's yeah. already been at 100 throughout the entire thing so on this album I mean I have songs that I prefer to other tracks and we're going to get on to probably a couple of the songs that I'm not as keen on but they're still brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's no worse track on this album. It's just like the least good. Um, yeah. This might be my pick for the least good. I don't know. It's kind of like the one that I remember the least. But again, it's, it's it doesn't take away the fact that it's still brilliant. Mm. I'm, I'm really touched by um, the line, keep your head up. They say, keep your head up if you're not okay, but not okay is what's expected. Mm. Like, I it's a very weird thing being in a situation where like I have mental health issues as I've said before and so do literally all of my friends and mm. I would give anything to to make my friends not have those issues but at the same time I know that I can say to them like guys everything's really hard and they're like, I get it I understand yeah. um I remember in lockdown one I was really really struggling with sleep it was one of the things that I started to struggle with first um and I, um, I we had this Zoom call with like sort of eight or nine of, of, of my pals and I fell asleep on Zoom because I was like, I just, it's just so good for me to hear people's voices and to feel like oh. I'm not on my own. My friends were just like, yeah, get that, just have a little snooze. So I just fell asleep on Zoom. It was just like the best sleep I'd had in like three weeks at that point. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was like, I don't know whether I should be embarrassed about that or not, but I'm just, just not at this point, it's fine. But yeah, like the lyric, you know, but not okay is what's expected. Like we're going, we're going through this shit. We're all going through like nightmare situations where maybe you've got awful living conditions. Maybe you live with somebody that you can't stand. Maybe you live alone. Maybe you're going through all this stuff. No one is expecting you to say, oh, I'm great. Everything's fantastic. I've been doing X, Y, and Z. We're all just at this point, like, are you all right? Or are you bad? Like, Mm. and that's, sad yeah. but at the same time it's nice to not have to i don't have Go to have it alone because i everyone gets it mm. there's no awkwardness like it's just like i'm i'm not having a good time and they're like do you want to talk about it or do you want to talk about something else and there's it's not it's not a super intense thing no no that's yeah very very like relating feeling and that's like very touching story earlier. I loved that. <laughs> it's so oh, cute. We're all are going to roast the shit out of me after this comes out. 
then fuck it, fuck it, own it. You made it sound really cute, but you were actually just really embarrassing. And I'll be like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'm still looking over my research for Kickiff. Um, but I think that's it. Um, track five, beachfront property. Um, I love. I, we're getting back into like what I call top tier Spanish love songs. Uh, Brave faces everyone, which to be fair is all of the tracks. But um, this is one of my favorites on the album. Um, it's my least favorite. Ah <laughs> uh -huh, Um, it's still amazing, and I still think it's great. But when I first heard it, I was just like, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't connect with it and I, don't, I can't even put a finger on why but why is it your favorite tell me about why it's your favorite I'm intrigued it's not my favorite on the album I think <laughs> that's coming soon but um it's one of my favorites um but yeah it's got that certain kind of like emptiness of like living in a like capturing the anxiety of living in a living in dangerous times for mm. and and pointless times really bleak like times without beauty but you're trying to like it's you're trying to find that beauty like it's perfectly put in the chorus if every city is the same doom and gloom under a different name maybe we should find our home in one and that those lyrics to me are just so beautiful I I agree. I think like I say, it's, it's not my it's not my favorite essay. It's probably my least favorite on the album, but it's still one of my most favorite songs of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like still in the top ten. But there are there are certain lyrics. I mean, lyrics are something that for me will always shine through with special songs. And mm. like I hate the rhythm of our lives these days. Like again, <clears throat> I felt like I kind of always wanted to be a musician and be a rock star and do all this cool stuff. And I have a day job now, I work in an office and I absolutely love what I do for a living. I feel very, very lucky to have a job that I'm very passionate about, but it's not the rock and roll like life. It's no. I work, I work a nine to five and that works for me. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, Oh, maybe I'll do this till I'm 60 and then I'll die. And then being like, no, you need to not think like that. Um, so yeah, settling into a rhythm is in, in life is, is kind of a real blessing in terms of mental health, but also yeah. at the same time. And now I'm a grown up and I have to pay council tax and I have to go to work and I have to do all this grown up stuff, which is, um, um, but yeah, I, I, that's what that lyric said to me. And maybe I'm just, projecting my own experiences onto that lyric but that's the way that i've always viewed it oh no like um thing is with this album like like you said I, I don't necessarily feel like you'd be projecting it's just a matter of interpretation and mm. you the fact that you gain like you can find solace within that experience within these songs honestly speaks volumes about the album and yeah um fucking great stuff um i just like love this ending like i think the ending bit like it's just cut the music cuts out and it's just the like acapella um i'm tired anyway like all the harmonies it's my favorite ending on the album mm. yeah okay i'll give you that it's pretty good nice <laughs>
one point. Um, speaking of endings, um, that's the end of side one. Side two begins with track six, Losers. Losers. Part one. Part one. <laughs> the prequel. On there's losers. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> mm. This, again, I really feel so much um, about the whole, what we were talking about earlier, about like the under 30s life. Mm. Like, it, again, like just talking about like, just basically just capitalism. And I just think yeah. it's, it's not even capitalism, but, but like the exploitation of capitalism and how it's just fucked over our entire generation. Yeah. Um, I'm 25, um, I'm renting, I can't even think about owning property. Like that's not something that I think it will be accessible to me for, for a long time. And, you know, being aware that like, yeah, just capitalism, it will just dictate everything. And it makes me feel a lot of feelings, mainly anger, but- Oh God, um, yeah. <laughs> it does dictate everything and again our friends spanish love songs get that in so well my bleak mind says it's cheaper just to die again fucking how blunt is that like it's just like yeah it's it's beautifully put but at the same time it's like you are not fucking around like that is so blonde um but i love it i think it's i think it's really really clever um um also like with that like repeated refrain it gets harder doesn't it it gets harder yeah. doesn't it so we discussed how in the first one it's um am i going to be this down forever and then we've got it won't be this bleak forever and then we've got it gets harder doesn't it so again with this kind of like long-term just rubbishness and like I think as we're dissecting all the tracks on the album we're making it sound like the most depressing album in the world but it's it's not like no. musically so uplifting yeah but the lyrics are a bit sad <laughs> just a bit just, just a, a tad bit. just a tad sad um and yeah you've nailed that perfectly um I feel like with this this track it like it gets that feeling across that this is like we've not adequately been prepared to live like this or live through any of this and yeah. why should anyone be shocked at how we're not we aren't prepared for this and mm. so then yeah of course we're going to be thinking it's cheaper just to die because that's the world that was built for us by our parents and those I'll who came before us and like this country and obviously Spanish love songs aren't English but like if you look at the years and years of austerity that we've had um and likely will continue to have um and seeing people people my own age people older than me in very very good jobs doing very well for themselves not being able to afford to live like where they want to whether that's like they, they can't afford to live in like cities or they can't afford to live anywhere other than with their with their folks or, or whatever you know and these are people that were always told that they could do that if they yeah. worked hard and studied for exams at school and it's just it doesn't work like that and I, I lived in when I lived in Brighton I there was a period of time when I had two jobs I was working at W.A. Smith's and I was working as a bartender and I on air I, I used to work like so many hours but I remember on Saturdays I used to have to work 7 a.m till 4 p.m at Smith's and then 6 p.m till 2 a.m at the bar 
Um, and I was barely making rent in Brighton, working all hours that God could send. Because Brighton, I love the city so much, but fuck me, it's expensive. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, it just it just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so for all the listeners, this definitely is not a bipartisan podcast. Fuck the Tories. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you've nailed that right on the head. Um, yeah, I've known people who have had to work multiple jobs just to actually barely get their rent mm. or barely just uh, like scrape by and yeah. it, like we're being told that this is our fault um that we should be saving better instead of just like spending money on like avocado or hummus and yeah, yeah. it's just fucking frustrating and infuriating it's so frustrating and like i think I'm in a much better place now and like things are going really well. I live in Manchester, which is so much cheaper than like being in the South. And um, I live with one of my best friends in the world and it's, it's great and things are, things are good. Um, but I'll never forget like that kind of the anxiety of, of not knowing if you were going to be able to put like um, money on the electricity meter and stuff. And like, I'm a vegetarian and I remember like when I was bartending, um if there was like a, the kitchen like messed up a meal or whatever and it had meat in it I'd be like well I'll eat it because I literally like I'm that kind of level of broke at this point mm. um I didn't quit smoking and sometimes I'd just be like well instead of having a meal I will just have like cigarettes and like you know it just reached that point and it was just the constant anxiety which I think Spanish love songs just sum up so well it's the anxiety of, of living like that it's it's grim it's really really grim and I feel very very lucky um to not to not be in that position anymore but I kind of don't really want to rest until like no one's in that position anymore yeah like heartening I'm gonna go for a run after this podcast and just vomit through the streets of Manchester just feeling really emboldened nice and speaking of emboldening um i think the next track does actually feature a lot of the themes that we've been talking about so track seven optimism is a radical life choice yes um i'm trying to remember because <laughs> as i say i know i know every song but it's just finding the lyric like in my brain scrambling yeah. which, which song got a um, lyric Got a lyric in verse one. You said anxiety is the theme of all our lives these days. Can't even have my coffee without exploiting someone or making another millionaire or billionaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got that feeling. Uh, it's like going back to when you mentioned being vegetarian uh, mm-hmm. in the last track. I, When I was starting to embrace a more vegetarian diet, you can't really pay for the good stuff if you're like earning low a low wage you can't really pay for good stuff so you have to settle for just shite like not really proper vegetarian products just yeah. like and that's the same yeah. with everything when people it was very recently when primark reopened and people were just trashing people in the primark oh, you have thought how fucking classist is that yeah it's so classist like so much of, of this stuff it, it boils down to classism and ableism as well a big part of it is, is ableism and it just it frustrates me a lot I think I, I was having a very very interesting conversation with um a friend of mine called Johnny um I think Johnny will probably listen to this uh, so hi Johnny hi Johnny um we had a very fascinating conversation about whether um it's possible to um make ethical choices under capitalism 
uh oh yeah that was what i said i i made a passing comment which is just like it's a it, it's a meme people say it i was like there's no such thing as ethical consumption and capitalism and he went talk to me more about that <laughs> and i'm oh god like no one's asked me to kind of like explain this anymore and we kind of reached this interesting sort of point that we basically yeah there is no such thing as ethical consumption under capitalism but there are certainly more ethical decisions than others yeah and it was a really really fascinating conversation and i think that it's so funny to like my train of thought is gone i'm sorry it's gone um, <laughs> but we were just having a really fascinating conversation about how like there's always a question of, of morals and stuff and if if you're a vegan and that's why your moral attitudes lie um then that's great but you might then shop on amazon which is not as ethical as we know yeah. and there are eat meat which I don't think is a very ethical thing to do but they might you know give heavily to charity or you know whatever it might be it's this trade-off you cannot do it all um so I, I yeah just but I again like I if I I've not been to Starbucks in ages actually but like going in Starbucks I just filled with this like oh, or like I've done the occasional Amazon order in lockdown yeah and I've just I'm such a bad person but felt like <laughs> you're just selling your soul once you click that next day delivery yeah I sold it to the devil so that I could watch Hell's Kitchen on Amazon Prime. Um, nice. <laughs> I feel like with every single episode of Futurama I watch on Amazon Prime, I'm just like sullying myself. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to hell anyway, so yeah. um, I think it's fine. But like, again, you know, you can't like, it's not possible to like research all of the business practices of every single business that you encounter like in 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 life. And, and so much of it you don't, choice like paying for electricity and stuff like that like you know um but yeah to go back to this um um and it's like what would it take to be happy i'll probably start with the money like mm. as and i just think yeah like yeah. you've got no choice in that matter and again with it it's very blunt like with a lot of the tracks on the album we've got the lyric because the ocean's gonna rise river's gonna finally gonna overflow and leave us stranded you got these fears of not only financial struggle but of climate change and the world's like eventually coming to an end so what's the point in living through this if we're getting to that ending and it's just so good it's good it's so bleak but the thing is is that like we're all oh i'm gonna get really philosophical now so just to warn you we're oh. all like <laughs> give that to me inject me with a philosopher oh yeah um so like we're all alive and we didn't ask to be born or to do anything like that but what we can do is try and make the most ethical choices that we can while we are alive and like like yeah i don't know i, I think yeah because you 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 you're alive and you're on this earth and you're part of a capitalism a capitalist structure and we didn't you didn't choose that that's just the way that is just the cards that you've been dealt hmm. you are living under capitalism and you have to play the game of capitalism even though you don't want to yeah um but you know pay like putting your moral your money where your morals are that's a really big thing like watching shitty companies go bankrupt because they've done crappy things is a very very therapeutic yeah it is <laughs> um yeah so I, I don't know where i was going with that but yeah just again just being well amazing. yeah that that's all it boils down to um good band. <laughs> 
And speaking of good band, uh, we've got track eight, Losers 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> losers 2, too fast, too... Two Losers 2, don't know what it could end that with. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I prefer the sequel. Uh, I think I'm with you on that. Nice. Um, nice. Ride or die. Yeah. Um, and again... We're back... We're- back to capitalism, back to depression, back to all of these themes that just come up time and again. Um, and you think like the whole album is like capitalism and mental health. You'd think that it would get tired this many songs into the album, but it no, doesn't. It doesn't. Just, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And I just, the cost of living means it costs to stay alive. Mm. <sighs> Chef's kiss, gorgeous lyric. Fucking fantastic. Um, you've got... The bridge, which like I love, so I'm leaving the country, le- leaving the city, maybe the country, maybe the earth. Got to find a place on my own where the fuck ups aren't cops patrolling neighborhoods they're afraid of. Yeah, <sighs> burn out. Um, and again, like it's just it's heart wrenchingly sad. Mm. But it's done so beautifully that it, when you listen to it, it doesn't make you sad. Well, I mean, the first few times I listened to it, I was very, very sad. But then I kind of was like, I love this album so much and I'm just going to get used to it. And I'm going to yeah. these to all the sad capitalism chat. Um, but yeah, they'll say that these are our exciting days, at least until they ask our age. Now I'm just a walking tragic ending. Fuck, I don't want to be the last one standing. Like... These are our exciting days, at least until they ask our age. I think, again, like with the pandemic, we've lost this, like this whole time. And like, it's now reaching a point where I know people that have had like two lockdown birthdays and it's like, we're all Mm. growing up and things are moving forward and we're just like, it's so scary and horrible. Um, I'm like fast approaching my like late 20, well, I'm 25, so I'm mid twenties, but I'm like, it's supposed to be the best time of my life and I haven't left the house yeah, and it's really freaky and <laughs> I, we have sacrificed a lot for this pandemic and just watching the best years of our lives just fly, fly by i'll soon be in my mid-20s i'm 23 i'll be 24 this year and i yeah um i've i know people who like there's a like say there's a gig on and mm. like they're just they, they, they're starting uni that year and so by the time that the gig is actually going to happen let's say in april 2022 they're going to be graduating Oh, I literally can't. It's like, yeah, it it all just happened so fast. I remember when I was like, um, I did like a live stream to celebrate the one year release of my EP, um, Dark Matter, available now on all good streaming platforms. Um, Nice plug. uh, (laughs) Thanks. Um, I remember I was like, how the hell has it been a year? Like, it just feels like it's been like a month and time is just going by so quickly. And it's um it's frightening, um, and you know, yeah, just it's just rough. Mm. And it is. it is what it is. You got to keep saying that. <laughs> That's for mantra. Uh, track nine, Dolores, 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 Dolores. <laughs> it's a name I struggle with. It's a very like um American um name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know any, like, yeah. Um, it's just, um, oh yeah, again, not not one of my favourites, this one. It's one that, yeah, I, I 
kind of forget about a lot, but it's still really, really good. It's kind of like the griever of the album. Like, it's not as frenetic or fast-paced, but it really, like, does favours for that. Like, it's tackling, like, a scene of, like, a mass shooting, and it's really poignant. Um, The ending in particular, like, the massive chorus of they're praying for you, kind of sarcastic, like, isn't that good enough at the end? I know, and it's just... It's sad, and I, I wanted to kind of connect with it more than I than I have done, but I just think like the whole album as a, as a full piece is, is so good that there are going to be songs on there that you just don't link with quite as much. Mm. Um, but like, it's, it's just, again, with them being so blunt, it's not this big poetic kind of metaphorical kind of cover up. It's like, um, it, it's, it's just like, people have guns and they do terrible things. Mm. And it's like, okay, we're going to have that conversation now. Um, Just another white man with a grudge. Another white man with a grudge. Is this the song where he's saying like, um, somebody brought a bag into the movie theatre? That's another song, I think. I think there's a lot of like anxiety about mass shootings in this album. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like a common thread. And this is like the big, I can't remember what song that lyrics from, but. It's going to worry me now. Uh, viewer email send in what you think the song is or just look on genius.com um yes i was listening to your podcast that you did with george gad about the weezer album ah. and i was playing the genius um, <laughs> very, very much. yeah they they, they they certainly have a lot of artistic interpretation when it comes to tracks um but the thing is with spanish love songs i noticed that everything is literally just citations from dylan slocum like they're just quoting him and what is his interpretate what his like meanings of the lyrics were they don't like say oh this climax is about wanking or anything it's literally just like this is what he said about this lyric yeah so they've been sensible I mean- they might have been told to tone it down a bit <laughs> yeah that's um I mean, I think the thing is with this song is that, like, I think all of the songs on this album, as we have covered in depth, are quite bleak and quite heavy, but they do it whilst being very kind of, like, loud and passionate and with all these great hooks you can really get into. And this, it's it's more to me like poetry, and I, I love poetry, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's yeah. great, but it's just, it's not the anthems that the rest of the album have been. Um, but again, still a great piece of music. I'm not, I'm not shitting on this song at all, but it's not... It's, we, I think we're also quite spoiled. I think my worry is, is that, I don't know if you are a fan of um, After the Party by the Menzingers, that album. I, yeah, I like that album. I've, I haven't heard it once. That, um, Just once, that, bad fan. A bad fan. That um, waveform that's behind me, we're on Zoom right now, uh, but Cameron can see the waveform behind me, which is uh, Midwestern States by the Menzingers. I'm just a- Nice. It's red. I like that it's red. It's red. <laughs> but I think that after um after the after after the party came out, they shot them, they set themselves up to fail because that album was such an incredible, incredible album. And it again was one of my contenders to talk about today. Um it was like, how are you gonna match that? And then the one after that album just didn't match that. And it was still a good album, hmm. but it just didn't it didn't match after the party. Um, and I feel like with Dolores, we have a similar thing where because all the other songs are so good, in my personal opinion, which it's just my opinion, um, this just doesn't quite hit the mark 
purely because they brought it on themselves by making everything else so good. Yeah, that's fair. That's an entirely fair judgment. Um, yeah, I'd play safe. Been one of the best songs, but because the album is amazing, mm. it just doesn't meet it for me. Yeah, I'd probably say this is like the second least good track. I still probably would put Kick Light as my least favourite, but... Cyberbully, you're really bad on the internet about that view. I know, I know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing myself. I'm opening myself <laughs> up to like severe disagreement and will I stand my ground? I don't know. I might have probably changed my mind come episode five. Um, <laughs> but... In the end, we get down to the last track, um, which is the title track, Brave Faces Everyone. It's so good. What a fucking closer. Like, unbelievable. And just, you have this kind of really intense, hard-hitting, in-your-face album. We're going to talk about death and dying and depression and capitalism. It's all really hard and bleak. And then now you've got this beautiful culmination of all of those things, like just, it just sums it up so brilliantly. And you've got, yeah, my train of thought's going because I'm just thinking about how good this song is. Oh, that's that's completely understandable. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like you said, like it's just such a perfect summation, summative statement of all of the themes that we've experienced throughout this album. And it's it provides that final bit of solidarity, of comfort within the darkness of the, of this album that we've gone through. Um, within the darkness, I'm sorry, but that is just the most beautiful way of summing up this whole album I think I've ever heard. Ah. I think that's a absolutely spot on. And I just think it's it's the final bit for me. We don't have to fix everything at once. We were never broken. Life's just very long. Brave faces, everyone. And I just think, you know, you've talked so much about people dying and all these awful things. And now we're saying, actually, it's going to be fine. We just have to stick it out, get through it together, look after mm. each other. We're not broken. We've just got to get through it. And I just think it's so, it's not sugarcoating it. It's not saying that there's going to be a happy ending and everything's no. going to be fine. But it's also saying, you know, we'll we'll figure it out between us. It might not be okay, yeah. but we'll figure it out. We'll, it might take a while. It might the, not be instant, but it's yeah. going, there'll be a happier like alternative. This is going to work out. But again, I think lyrically, it's very, it's very poetic how it says, we don't have to fix everything at once. We were never broken. Like it's not, a lot of the time when you get these rock bands there's it's like a very personal journey and you're kind of watching that journey from an outsider's listener's perspective with Spanish love songs they make you feel like you're part of that journey and you're in that with them and that is again it was such an emotional this album was like a comfort blanket to me because I was like we don't have to fix everything at once we will be fine we will figure it all out between us and that was it might have just been a coincidence that they wrote we rather than I, but I, I'm so glad that they did because it spoke volumes to me when I listened to this, when I gave you my bad days. Yeah, that's, yeah, you nailed that. Um, it came, it made, it like came out unintentionally at absolutely the right time in everyone's lives. And mm. I think this album is just like such a stunning representation of like the shit that like, currently that we are going through our generation are going through and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day all we can do is take care of each other and just ride it ride it out (laughs) and 
so true. And I think, you know, not the shit that we are surviving through at the moment, but also the shit that we're getting each other through and the stuff that we are, like, if you'd have said to to me or you or whoever, this is what's going to happen. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I would have gone, I bet, I'm not strong enough to do that. I'm not strong enough to be locked in my house for 12 weeks. I can't, I'm not strong enough to spend a whole year. I didn't see my dad for over a year. Like, I, I you, just, you know, all this stuff. Um, I, I, so not only the stuff that we are surviving, but the stuff that we are capable of, that it's horrible that we've had to be capable of it, but mm. we have been. And yeah. that's... I think that's great. And I think that is summed up really, really well with, with this song. You know, like there isn't a magic cure. It's not going to get easier overnight, but between us, we will figure out. Mm, brilliant. <laughs> and yeah, it's perfect ending to a perfect album. Um, so in the interim of this, you've got 10 fantastic tracks and Dolores. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please don't ban me from seeing you Spanish love songs if you hear that. Um, so what would be your feel-good anthem? Say if you were to pick any of them as your big pick, your feel-good anthem, which would it be? Can you guess based on what I've said? I think I can, um, based on okay, the fact you on. said that um, I'm going to probably guess literally the one we were just talking about, Brave Faces Everyone. That is correct. That is because we've yeah. just been gushing about it for so long. I know. I'm definitely gonna like. It's really sunny day in Manchester, and I'm gonna go out um, for a bit of a wander, or I might go for a run. I don't know. But either way, I'm gonna be spinning some Spanish love songs because it's. I just have so many feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of feelings right now. I'm like a sack of feelings. Um, um, sorry, bummed you out with all my talk about. No, 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 no. It was like fantastic. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure like doing this with you, Chloe, like talking about this. And yeah, it's a very big, comf like huge comfort to know that like this is almost over. And like the shit we've been through, we're almost like w we're both in better places. And yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you. Where can people find you online, Chloe Glover? Um, so you can find um, all my social media stuff is under Chloe Glover Music on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to my debut EP, which is called Dark Matter, on Spotify or on Bandcamp. You can access my entire discography for Pay As You Feel. Um, I've got some charity singles up there. I've got them. <laughs> Brilliant. Nailed it. Um, yeah. It's been a fucking pleasure having you on. Um, I hope you enjoy your wander slash run through Manchester. Um, yeah, enjoy it. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been wonderful. Nice. Um, well, enjoy. Um, I'm going to stop recording now. Um, see ya. Wow. Bloody wow. That was, yeah, one of the best episodes I've done yet. Um, I've only done four, but that's definitely going to be one of your timers, I reckon. Um, thank you so much to Chloe Glover for 
that afternoon. It was amazing to record that and speak about this album and everything that surrounds it with her. Um, in case the, the end kind of got lost in a little bit of fuzziness, um, the internet was being a right bastard at that time. Um, you can find Chloe at at Chloe Glove Music on Twitter, at Chloe Glover Music on Instagram. And if you want to listen to her music, just type into the Google search bar, Chloe Glover. Um, her EP, Dark Matter, is out now. It is well worth a listen. Um, so, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed making it. Next week, I'll be chatting to Jesse Atkinson, and we'll be discussing Riot! Exclamation mark by Paramore. We're going straight back to 2007, folks. Strap in. Um, I cannot wait. Um, so, yeah, usual admin. Um, go follow me at cam underscore sh on Twitter. And go follow the podcast at Feel Good Album. And you can follow on Instagram at Feel Good Album Club, which is the title of the podcast. And the email is feelgoodalbumclub at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, if, you're, if you've got any questions, if you or you know anyone who would like to be on an episode, then get in touch. Until then, I've been Cameron Sinclair Harris. You've been amazing. Thank you very much. I will see you next week. Bye bye. This is the coda. This is the final curtain call for the Feel Good Album Club. For now. Despite it being the end Will I see you again Sometime soon Ooh. Ooh. Got it